to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Ravi. Hello and welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. This is episode number 10 and the topic of today is healthy erotic tension. This is such a sexy topic. I am Ziv Raviv, your host together with Shachar Erez, our counselor and expert on all things related to generous marriage. Hello, Shachar Erez. Hi, Ziv. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here, finally talking about sex. Finally, like we're doing this podcast for 10 episodes now, and it took us that much to talk about sex. This is funny because sex is actually quite important. And the reason for listening to this, we keep mentioning this over and over again. The reason why you might want to listen to the Generous Marriage Podcast and to actually implement a generous marriage in your life is one of the reasons is to have more intimacy. And when we keep saying intimacy, we also mean sex, definitely, for sure. So today we're going to do, as always, we're going to explore a story of a real couple, like real, but with different names and different details, so that we will make sure that they have their confidentiality kept. And this couple has a, an issue. Uh, they have some story, some problem that they will go through that problem together with us. I'm sure some of us listeners will feel that this might be related to your life as well. From there, we will talk about a tool and that tool will help us understand how to solve the problem of that couple that we mentioned. And then finally, we'll mention a research that will help you understand better about that tool. So without further ado, take it away, Shachar. Tell us the story of this episode. So today we're going to talk about Tracy and Rob. And they, for me, they were unique because most couples, when they come into my office, they're fighting. You know, they're in a crisis. They fight a lot. The, the sofa is hardly big enough for them. They don't really, they have a hard time sitting next to each other and they fight all the time. This couple, they come in and they're beautiful. They're charming. They are loving. They, they answer each other's bid for connection. They, they're just great friends. Uh, they know really well how to take care of each other's needs. They know how to play. They have a lot of fun together. You know, I was uh, curious. So what's going on? So what was going on is that they hardly had sex. They had sex around roughly around once a month, maybe even less. And that's considered a sexless marriage. It's not enough. Being good friends is fun, but of course, all of us want and deserve to have a good, satisfying sex life. It's a huge part of a healthy relationship. And they came to you, Shachar, without having any external crisis like, like a, a problem with an affair or the drop head or something like that. They actually were able to identify that they have a good connection and that they have a problem in their sex life and they came to you to help them. Is that right? Yes. So they were in a crisis, but it wasn't so obvious. They look like great friends. They, they were great. They are great friends, but uh, so they weren't fighting. The crisis was, was more hidden. Um, they didn't have enough sex and uh, 
and the crisis was around that, she started to feel not uh, sexy enough, not uh, good enough for him. He felt like he wasn't man enough for her and there was a lot of shame around it. So it was hidden, but it was a big crisis. It just wasn't so obvious like other couples when they come into my office. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit funny, but their problem was because they were so secure with each other, because they knew so well how to take care of each other's attachment needs, their connection was really safe, really secure. And that actually killed the eroticism between them because eroticism needs some mystery, needs some sense of overcoming challenges. They were so good with each other, there was no challenge anymore. So the, the, their sex life just a uh, little bit later just declined. Basically, you mentioned how there is a need for some mystery and, and their connection was so good and friendly and open and, and clear that uh, it killed all the mystery and it killed eventually the, the erotic tension. But how important is it? for them to have sex. I know you mentioned that sexless marriage is like once a month and less, but is sex really important for marriage? Super important. Without sex, after time, the relationship goes sour in a sense. It's a big part of being human and it's a big part of any relationship. And, you know, people can tolerate not having sex for a while, for a few years even, but then it starts creates a lot of uh, other problems and sometimes affairs or sometimes divorce. You know, sometimes couples divorce, they still love each other, there's good friends. They want passion in their life. They want uh, sex. Yeah, it's, it's super important. And this is almost like a latmus paper test for your marriage. Like the fact that you have a sexless marriage is one of the of the ways to, to identify there is a risk for the entire marriage in the future uh, because there's some problem in, in the basic functionality of, of your connection that can, can eventually you know, be one of the things that leads to, to even uh, divorce. Yeah, but I want to be cautious with that. It's not have uh, enough sex uh, for a month or two or even three that doesn't mean that your uh, relationship is bad you know sometimes couples long-term couples we go through this kind of uh, periods of time when there's less sex there's less libido maybe someone is uh, a little bit uh, depressed maybe someone is uh, busy with some other problems that's fine uh, long-term couples, the sexual tension goes down a little and that's uh, natural. But if that's going on for a year, that's a big red flag. Then you should seek therapy, sexual therapy. You should, I don't know, read books, go to workshops, take care of it. It's actually not... Uh, uh, Gottman says, Dr. Gottman, that we keep mentioning, he says that a great sex life is not rocket science. And I tend to agree. If you don't um, push it away for too long, it's not easy, but it's really, there are effective ways to have a great sex life. But don't, you know, some couples stop having sex and, they, and don't talk about it for two, three, four years, and then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes hard 
to bring it back. So I would say six months, top a year, that's a big red flag. After six months, you should take care of it. Okay, cool. Now, so now uh, we understand how important it is to do have sex. And uh, let's talk about what happened to Tracy, Tracy and, and Rob. Rob. Yeah. So my, in my work with the Tracy and Rob, we worked on differentiation. Differentiation is the psychological process in which partners define themselves to each other by daring to share their needs, their desires, their wishes, feelings, daring to share their inner world with their partner, even, even if it won't be easy to the partner. Even if sharing those needs, those fantasies will make the partner feel uncomfortable. That's differentiation. These guys, Tracy and Rob, they were so caring for each other, they uh, put themselves last. They forgot their own needs. They forgot their own last because of that. And um, little by little, I dared them to be able to share more and more of what they need, what turns them on, and not so much be busy with the other. So it's not about becoming a self-centered person, but it's becoming someone who knows himself or herself and is attuned to the partner at the same time. It, it reminds me a little bit of this situation, you know, when you're on an airplane and they show you the safety video where if there's something wrong, you need to take care of yourself first with the oxygen mask. And while being in a relationship here with, with uh, your spouse, you need to, obviously, you need to be attuned to your spouse's needs, but you need to know that you are a second separate human being, that you are allowed to have your own psychological and sexual needs and desires and uh, uh, even, uh, you know, inner world, your style, your, your, your own preferences. That's okay. That is legit. And being able to share that with your spouse uh, is, the, the, is what creates this differentiation and allows to rebuild healthy erotic tension. Did I get it right? Yeah, and I would say it's, it's sexy. Daring to express yourself and your needs to your partner creates a healthy distance which surprisingly, or at least to Tracy and Rob, it was a surprise, is sexy. It helps maintain this healthy eroticism. For eroticism, we need a plus and a minus. We need some tension to, to happen there. And that's one way of creating it. What more we did is I introduced to them, and this is the tool we're going to talk about today, the concept called the core erotic theme. This is a concept that was developed by Jack Moraine. He's a sex therapist from San Francisco. He's actually, he actually passed uh, in 2013, I think. A few years ago he passed. And he was really special. He studied more than a thousand stories of peak sexual experiences and developed this uh, concept called core erotic theme. He says the choreotic theme is the internal blueprint for arousal that each of us has. And it can transform 
childhood and adolescent wounds and conflicts into excitement, into sexual excitement. So basically, Jack Maureen found out through you know, uh, extensive research of stories related to sexual experiences, but not just sexual experiences, but, but what he calls peak sexual experiences. Yeah, those, those are like special experiences and stories that we have uh, about what was the best sex experience, basically, or the peak experience in our lives. We all have those, those peak experiences or fantasies. And then he researched those stories and found out that not only it gives you like, some sort of a blueprint to understand what is arousing for a specific uh, human being, but it also has the potential of being a healing tool for yourself because basically the reason why you have this peak sexual experience is sometimes related to all sorts of, of wounds from the way you were raised and the way you were as a child and so on. But uh, either way, they basically created this tool, this core erotic theme tool, which is quite an interesting experience. So tell us, what is this? How can we leverage understanding the importance of peak sexual experiences and and use them through core erotic theme in our life. So the idea is to think back about a few of your peak sexual experiences. Those unforgettable moments that you remember feeling the most turned on. And then looking for a theme. You know, what about these experiences stand out to you? Look for, look for patterns in those, you know, think about three peak experiences and look for patterns in these three experiences. Usually when I ask men, for example, what turns them on, most men would say boobs and ass, you know, stuff like that. But what Jack Maureen is pointing at is that there's actually something beneath that, something more psychological. And many times it's about... Um, power or about submission or about being in control or about breaking rules there's a kind of a list there's a, a not a too long list of needs and uh, and things that uh, of themes not need of themes that usually that are common for people but you know take your own uh, peak experiences or another way to look at it is think about your common sexual fantasies and try to see what's the pattern what is common in all these peak experiences or fantasies and then dare to share it with your partner dare to bring it to bed you don't even have to share it with your partner sometimes sometimes it's just about you knowing it and asking for it or doing it knowing that you deserve it because it's related to a missing experience that you didn't have as childhood and uh, understanding it and daring to bring it to your bedroom is highly, highly arousing and highly satisfying. So let me, let me get it straight. Basically, we're saying that if you go through your life, your memories, your, you, you go through the sexual in experiences you had and you kind of map these three peak experiences, those three situations where you can actually remember every detail of that sexual experience. We all have those. 
and then you try to find what is the pattern, right? Like I, I think about it, the more I think about it while you're talking, uh, I'm sorry, like I have to think about sex while you're talking here. Don't be sorry, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun <laughs> and it, it happens anyway uh, in situations. Uh, for us men, we, we think about sex a lot. But, but specifically here, like I try to understand to, to, map uh, one of the peak experiences and it has for me this this situation of feeling that someone was submissive to me but not in any any way that is like super kinky in any way just the feeling that uh, I am in control and I can lead I can lead this right this gives me a lot of excitement. So I take this theme and I either share it with my partner or I even just know that actually this is what turns me on. And when I go to, to the next sexual experience I have, I, I bring this energy and that energy will be something that my spouse will feel. They will feel that I, I'm aroused in that way that I have more energy that I bring to, to this game. Let me ask you with just one thing, just to make sure. Your spouse, your partner, they can decide, you know, that they are not interested in fulfilling your CET, your core erotic theme. So what do you think about that? Of course, they don't have to. But somehow, you know, we talk about the relationship uh, dynamics. Some, somehow we magically choose the right person for this stuff. And if we communicate it in a gentle way, it really brings out the generosity of our partner. So I'll give you an example of my own relationship. So when I did this exercise first, I realized, you know, I'm a therapist. I take care of people all day long. That's what I do. And... It started way before I became a therapist. It started in, the, in my childhood, in the family that uh, I come from. And uh, when I did this uh, choreotic theme exercise, I realized that for me, what's exciting is actually that, that someone else takes care of me. Like in my fantasies, there are many times two women, not just one. And they are both taking care of me. And that's really arousing for me. And when I realized that, I started asking in bed from my wife, asking for what I need. Before that, you know, some core belief, I used to have some core belief that it's not okay, that I should ask for stuff, that I should take care of her. And when I started daring to ask for what I need in bed, she found it super arousing. I did as well, but even she loved it. Somehow it really worked with our dynamic. It really helped both of us reach um, a missing experience that was uh, missing for us. So, and even at and, and sometimes she doesn't want to, and that's totally okay. You know, some needs don't really need to be fulfilled. They just need to be seen. So, you know, we're a practiced couple. She knows how to say no in a way that is still seducing and that I don't feel rejected. So we know how to dance around these kind of uh, experiences. But usually it just works really well. And now I don't pay attention to it anymore. It just transformed our love life and it just became a part of it that she can ask for stuff, I can ask for stuff. 
really healthy and nourishing and, and uh, satisfying. And generous. And having that uh, mutual generosity is, of course, the, the end game, the, the end result that we all want. Uh, and that is why we are on this path, on this journey to research uh, the generous marriage tools. And I really love it. I just want to ask before we go into the research, would you say that this tool is actually also useful and beneficial for people that already have great sex? Yeah, of course. It will just upgrade the great sex to uh, even greater sex. Right. So being generous, even if you're pretty satisfied, you have a lot of sex, you have, I don't know, maybe uh, every week or, every, or more than once a week, whatever you have, and you're happy about the, the frequency and you're happy about the quality, but just showing to your spouse what is your core erotic theme, that is an act of vulnerability. You know, you open up in front of them, you, you create a differentiation, like you are your own uh, human being with your own needs and your own uh, things that you like. And that can create additional sexual uh, uh, tension that will help you reach even better sex anyway. So definitely a good game to play, to sit down. Like we're basically asking you guys, Uh, maybe not while driving, uh, to sit down and imagine those three peak experiences that you had. Um, you don't have to write it down uh, in an email and send it to us. You just need to sit down and think about it and then you know, find out what is your theme and share that maybe on your next date night uh, with your spouse. That would be an amazing exercise. So is this something that was researched? So the research was done, was done by Jack Maureen himself. He gave a sexual excitement survey to hundreds of people who wrote, it's funny that you said we don't expect you to write us an email because that's what he did expect from people. And they wrote around a thousand, more than a thousand um, uh, pieces of... Uh, Uh, the most memorable sexual encounters, their favorite fantasies, or their most intense point of excitement they, they had had. And he wrote a book called, uh, he wrote a few books, but this book is called The, the Erotic Mind. And it's a theory book about eroticism in which he weaved in some of the answers to the uh, survey, to the sexual excitement survey. So this book is... A piece, you read a few pages of theory, and in these few pages, you read two or three fantasies, peak experiences of other people. It's really a great book. It's really super readable. You read some dry, you read some dry theory, and then you read some exciting fantasy. Super healthy. You know, there's a term called sex positive. This is one of the most sex positive books I've ever read. Sex positive means that sex is healthy, is good, and that, that we shouldn't be ashamed uh, about it. And this book just really delivers this message in a beautiful way. I really recommend reading the book. Wow, uh, this sounds like a good read. So we will put a link on the show notes for this, uh, for this book and for, for this, the, basically this book summarizes the, the research that Jack Morin did. Uh, Jack Maureen uh, passed away a few years ago, but he did leave a legacy. 
and that legacy of helping people uh, with their sexual sex life with their connection uh, with their intimacy that is something that is uh, notable that legacy and uh, here we are uh, in the generous marriage podcast sharing that legacy with you guys as a tool and as a research so that you could uh, explore by yourself your uh, differentiation your ideas your your Uh, experiences and make a good use of this in order to find out your core erotic theme and in order to be vulnerable and share that with your spouse that that would be a generous thing to do to share with her what turns you on and what works with you and that would be something that uh, we hope will help you in improving your sex life which is important um Before we summarize this episode today, is there any, any special bonus that uh, you're cooking for us? You always create these wonderful bonuses for people It's, for the podcast. I, th I think the choreotic theme is such an important tool, so the bonus is really about it. If you don't have time to read the whole book, download the bonus and we'll give you um, some points on how to figure out your own core erotic theme and how to help your partner with it. And I'm sure it will be really nourishing and satisfying and even fun and exciting. So check it out. I, I can't wait to go over this one and, and, and learn it. And I really think that um, we are challenging you guys to do something that will help you in your marriage. Like every one of those episodes, bonuses, they have some extra work, some extra information, and even some extra tasks that if you go through and follow, you will improve the usability of the tool and you will improve the results, which is the most important thing, that your marriage will improve, that you will have more sex, more intimacy, a better connection, and, and, and a better life. Um, we... Are waiting for you guys on the generousmarriage.com website. Just go there into the, the, the podcast tab. And in episode 10, the healthy erotic tension episode, you could download this extra bonus document and go ahead and implement the core erotic theme efficiently. The core erotic theme uh, tool is waiting for you inside the generousmarriage.com website. And of course, we are giving full credit to Jack Maureen's wonderful work and to his book. And, and we're just trying to save you guys time in implementing tools that actually work, that were well-researched. Thank you again, Shachar, for this uh, episode of the Generous Marriage Podcast. It was great fun to remind ourselves of our peak experiences uh, in our uh, sex lives and uh, uh, to share this information can't wait to go back to Rotem, my wife, and share some of these episodes uh, uh, principles with her, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I think it's an important topic. We have additional important topics next week and the week after in the Generous Marriage Podcast. Season one is, is coming to an end soon, so stay tuned, and we will meet you next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Thank you, Shachar. Thank you, Ziv. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.